Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Pringles. Oh yes. And there is much excite. Oh. In the, the virtual saver podcast studio right now. There, there is. There, I mean, I <laughs> we try not to do like too, too many brand related episodes because because uh, I don't know, I feel like that would be weird. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we're 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 certainly not not sponsored by any of these people. Certainly not. Gosh. No. Um <laughs> certainly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They've got standards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but they can just be so much fun, like just the stories and the and and some of the, I mean, you know, like a carrot is also really cool and fascinating um, in a whole lot of ways. But man, like some of the manufacturing processes that these people come up with is so amazing. And yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's just something fun about pop culture yeah. touchstones that we can all relate to with these brands. Or, you know, most of us can relate to. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, this one's fun. It's got a lot of science and, and a weird history. Very strange products that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I've never really been the biggest Pringles fan. I can't remember the last time I had Pringles. It was probably middle school. Oh, really? Um, wow. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know I'm not a big snacker. I don't sure. Really Sure. Snack. Uh, but they've been on my mind ever since John Oliver. Uh, he just, like at the end of December 2020, he goaded the company <laughs> into revealing the body of the Pringles mascot, <laughs> Julius Pringle, oh, by the way. Um, and this was after he'd already called them out before. Uh, and a bunch of fans, of course, answered his call and imagined the body in all kinds of ways. You can fill in the blank there. Yeah, yeah, or Google if you so choose. That's up to you. Yes, there's a lot of amazing art, I've got to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and when I was a kid, uh, I do remember the commercial very well and the slogan very well. Mm -hmm. And in middle school, 
We often used it uh, an immature poor taste joke about serial killers. Once you pop, you just can't stop. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had that joke. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel better. I'm not alone in my terrible middle school poor taste humor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not at all. Not at all. That's that's pretty much most middle schoolers everywhere. Uh, Going right up through Mm -hmm. adults. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To our current moment. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Uh, And I think I've only ever had two flavors, which the flavor list is really impressive. I'm just going to go ahead and put that, the spoiler alert. Yeah. um, It's amazing. Yeah, there there have been a lot of uh, kind of uh, like one-off flavors over the years. And I didn't even, I don't know, like I, I, that, that, that was, there were so many interesting things to cover that all of the wacky flavors actually fell down on the list further than it normally would with a product mm-hmm. like this. And so, um, so I don't have as an exhaustive of a list as I would like to have, but they've <laughs> had some wacky ones. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think we've had, I think we ate a few different ones on snack stuff back on, back in the day, um, that, that Facebook live thing where Annie filmed uh, <laughs> Ben Bolin and I. <laughs> eating weird snacks. Our um, jobs are so strange. <laughs> you say from your closet during a pandemic recording <laughs> audio. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, we were recording you two eating snacks in the middle of the office in the middle of the day. It was, it wasn't not weird. I'm not arguing <laughs> that it was weird. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, I've, I've had, I think I've even, I feel like I've brought Pringles to a karaoke event, at least. I, I don't know, like like in my like grabbing of snacks occasionally, mm. like a Pringles can, I'm like, yeah, this sounds good. I want a <laughs> Pringle. It's so crunchy. Um, I <laughs> yes. won't say, like, it's not a, I don't really buy snacks aside from popcorn. I do buy popcorn um, mm. to keep in the house. Um, but if I'm going to a party back when we went to parties, uh, that would right. be, that would be the thing. Yeah, that's the, the the snack you bring. I see. It, it, I mean, it's not usually a snack that I would bring, but you, <laughs> usually I'm that jerk who shows up with like baby carrots and like some hummus, and I'm like, "Hey, everyone, I brought a vegetable," and like somewhere in the back of my head, it's just like like Homer being like, "You don't make friends with salad, Lisa." Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> I've been rewatching old Seinfeld episodes lately, so it's just that's a topic of conversation a lot on that <laughs> ah. show of like the having to bring a snack mm-hmm. and what do you bring, having to bring a drink and why is this a thing? But anyway, okay, before we get to our question, yes, just to reiterate, not a sponsor, no, no, no just wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, let's get to our question: Pringles. What are they? Well, uh, that is a surprisingly controversial question, legally speaking. Um, But uh, Pringles are a brand of potato-based snack chips that are just about perfectly uniform in thickness, size, and shape, and were engineered to stay crispy and unbroken, stacked in a specially designed sealed can during transit from the factory to your face. (laughs) That sounds, uh... Like, when you put it that way, it sounds so, like, sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did just feel a little bit like one of those announcers in one of those, like, 50s infomercials. Yeah. Uh, talking I got about, that vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Okay. So, like, traditional potato chips, um, called potato crisps throughout the rest of the English-speaking world, um, are made by taking thin slices of potato, and deep frying them. And, you know, like, the results are delicious, sure, but even the most carefully cut and fried chips from even the most carefully grown potatoes are going to vary in size and shape and, like, starch content and oil content a little bit. Um, They're also hard but fragile. Um, Sealing them in a bag with a puff of air for cushion helps protect them from outside dangers, but not from each other. Ooh, dangerous mm-hmm. inside that bag of chips. There, it is, it oh. is. <laughs> but Pringles are science chips. Um, they're made uh, not just from potatoes, but from a batter or a dough of um, dehydrated potato flakes plus cooked rice, wheat, corn, and some flavorings and other stuff. 
Um, and they are made by um, pressing and rolling that dough out into this long, flat sheet that the individual chips are cut cleanly out of um, with a machine in huge batches. Um, a, a machine pulls away the excess from the sheet in one big piece for reprocessing. The individual chips are then conveyed into a press mold that gives them their shape, and then they're flash-fried on that mold, dried, sprayed with flavoring powder, and flipped onto a growing stack. Um, and then each stack is canned and sealed when it's the right height of chips. Yeah. And this, you can find videos of this. It's amazing. It's, it's so stunning. cool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How It's Made did an episode. Um, and it's, I highly recommend looking it up. It's really fun. Um, yeah. I guess for specific definition of the word fun. <laughs> kind of mesmerizing. <laughs> I, I was just looking at it like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is something like a little bit like like sort of like fugue inducing to mm-hmm. uh, to watching machinery like that work. It, it is very peaceful. Um <laughs> uh and um that that shape that they get pressed into is really important. Um it's it's called a hyperbolic paraboloid, um often called a saddle. Because that's what it looks like. Uh, and if you look at it, you'll you'll notice it has these two curves. Um, long ways, it curves up. And across the middle, it curves down. And this creates a, a balance of forces. Uh, the, the material along the, the, the long concave curve is stretched in tension. And the material along the short convex curve is, is squished or squeezed in compression. So... Even though these chips are are very thin and the material itself is fragile, they're also very stiff due to that balance. Um, Like it resists fault lines, which lead to cracks, which lead to broken chips. And and this shape is is great at resisting breakage, even under compression, um, which helps like the chips at the bottom of the can resist buckling under the weight of the ones above them. Um, and it means that when you do break the chip by biting into it, you're going to get a really satisfying noise. Yes. Yes. Good crunch. <laughs> Good crunch. Good crunch. Um, and I have not used in this description the mathiest words that I could possibly use because, honestly, I find calculus completely confounding. Um, there is a pretty good article about it on interestingengineering.com, though, by one um, Kathleen Villalas, uh, Villalas, not sure. I'm not sure how to say that name. Um, and even outside of the snack industry, the hyperbolic paraboloid is quite a useful shape. Um, it's a, it's used in architecture to give us some really impressive buildings. Um, if you've ever seen Canada's Saddle Dome or England's uh, Velodrome or Sweden's Scandinavium, you have seen the hyperbolic paraboloid in action. I, I actually wonder whether the designers of the Pringles shape were influenced by the Scandinavian arena because it was designed in the late 40s as like an architectural competition and was the subject of a whole bunch of news due to all of these financing issues. Anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Very possible. I mean, I love that a lot of times when we do these episodes like this, it's, it's scientists that come in and, and make the Pringles chip. Yeah. Like, it's fascinating. Oh, love it. Um... And, uh, and yeah, yeah, oh gosh, it's a really, really cool, like, like architectural rabbit hole if you want to fall down one, um, because sim- similar principles are, are also applied in the wider category of roof types called shell roofs, um, which are these kind of swooping, curved roofs um, encompassing cavernous interiors, uh, like the Sydney Opera House or the Great Court at the British Museum or even the, the Dome of the Pantheon. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that can that the chips come in helps too. Um, traditionally, this is a very complex piece of of disposable <laughs> container containerhood. Um, uh, it, it's a, it's a cardboard tube stabilized by a hard metal base, then lined on the inside with foil to uh, to prevent moisture from getting in, keeping the chips crispy, and topped with a metal tear off lid inside of a, a stabilizing resealable plastic cap that makes a fun pop when you take it off, hence that commercial slogan. Um, Mm -hmm. And further, when the chips are put in, um, the air is sucked out to prevent deterioration. And yeah, give you that that pop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those cans come in standard, mini, and mega. There's little plastic snack stacks, too. And the flavors. 
Um, okay, so these these differ from area to area. Um, right now, here in the U.S., the lineup uh, across a couple different types of chips. You've got um, you've got original barbecue ranch, sour cream and onion, jalapeno, roasted jalapeno, tangy barbecue, applewood smoked cheddar, cheddar cheese, scorchin, chili and lime, scorchin barbecue, and scorchin cheddar. Dill pickle, salt and vinegar, Parmesan and roasted garlic, rotisserie chicken, honey mustard, Memphis barbecue, buffalo ranch, and my personal favorite in terms of saying names into a microphone, Wendy's Baconator. <laughs> the Wendy's Baconator Pringle. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Will innovation never cease? Oh, wow. I laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> So much that I startled my cat (laughs) when I read that on the internet. Um, It's great. There's like a big like Wendy's sign on the can. It's really like a photograph of one. It's pretty, it's pretty epic. (laughs) But yeah. I mean, uh, the Baconator is epic. (laughs) It wouldn't be called the Baconator if it were not. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Truth and advertising. Um, yeah, uh, there there are there are lots of uh, discontinued flavors though. Um, or maybe these aren't discontinued. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't personally fact check every single one of these. Um, there's a there was definitely a white chocolate one at some point. All of these different types of barbecue. I found like a smoky barbecue, like a sweet and tangy barbecue. I, I'm not sure how many iterations of barbecue they've been through. Um, there was a one for cheesy cheese. What? I don't understand what it means. Cheesy cheese? Cheesy cheese. Um, Salt and seaweed, um, hot and spicy, bacon, um, cinnamon and sugar. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I recommend it. There's definitely like shrimp, prawn flavor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I love a shrimpy chip. Oh, gosh. Now I'll try that. I highly recommend going to look up all their past flavors because you will be shocked. Shocked, I say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, and apparently I found this article on The Week uh, that that claims that putting your Pringles in the fridge is heckin' delicious. Huh. I don't know. Couldn't help you. Sure. I haven't tried it. I'm I'm just reporting. (laughs) Well... What about the nutrition? Well, uh, they're they're chips. Yep, they're they're deep fried. I mean, you know, there there are some that uh, that are that are sold that are that are lighter in uh in salt and stuff. There's some that are lighter in uh, oil related calories, but um, but you know, it's it's a read your read your product labels. Uh, <laughs> eat a vegetable. We believe in you. We believe in you. Absolutely. <laughs> We, we do. do. Uh, we do have some numbers for you. Uh-huh. Um, Pringles are sold in over 140 countries, and according to Chris Hood of Kellogg Europe, two-thirds of Pringles sales occur outside of the United States today. Yeah, uh, three million cans a day are made across Europe alone. Yeah, and they make a lot of money. Like, they, some of the figures I saw, we're going to go over some of them in the history bit. Yeah. I found hard to believe, but that's what, I guess that's what. Yeah. People like Pringles? I think I think they're I think they are just a bigger deal outside of the United States than they are wow. here now. Um so I I want to <laughs> report in. Uh, yes. All yes. y'all from outside the US like let us know what your emotion about Pringles is because I don't know like to me like it's a sort of it's like slightly old fashioned yeah. Like like it's it's sort of a nostalgic thing like from my childhood but not like the first thing that I think of when I think of like oh man I want a delicious snack chip. Right. Yeah, I feel like Pringles are a very specific and rare occurring mood <laughs> in my case. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of kitschy. Um, it's got this kitsch factor. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um and and yeah, there have been <laughs> Over 100 flavors. One place I said over 140, possibly. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I just highly recommend looking that up. I really do. <laughs> uh, 
And the history. My goodness, the history. Oh, it's so cool. And we're going to get into it as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. <laughs> yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot -E com slash savor. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, Pringles were invented in 1968 as an answer for Procter & Gamble's call for the perfect potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> so, after years of, of customer complaints about broken chips, stale chips, the company turned to Frederick Bauer, a PhD in organic chemistry and a one-time aviation physiologist in the Navy. Love it. Um, I know. And Vic Mills, the inventor of the disposable diaper in 1956, asking for their help. Um, so what they needed to solve was the problem of breakage of the delicate chips and the staleness. Um, yeah, because once chips are exposed to air, they can go stale pretty quickly. So these two combined uh, water, sugar, oil, salt, and dehydrated potatoes. Mm -hmm. And they use something like a cookie cutter to make uniform shapes and weights, um, the hyperbolic paraboloid shape. Uh -huh. uh, and they believed that if these chips were stacked, it would decrease the, the risk of breakage. Problem, though. Problem? Problem? 
the chips tasted terribly. <laughs> ah, so close. So Procter & Gamble shelved the project until the mid-60s. Um, and they were like, yeah, no, let's revisit this. And the recipe was revamped. A mix of potatoes, rice, wheat, and corn. The same cookie-cutter process was used for uniformity. And it was a success. But what about the staleness issue? Ah. Wow. In 1966, Bauer came up with a new design for Procter & Gamble to stack Pringles more uniformly and with less breakage in a vacuum-sealed tennis can. Tennis looking can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, to stave off staleness at the now iconic Pringles can. Or Pringles tube? Can? Tube? Uh, Yeah, it's, you know, sure, both. Either, both. (laughs) Top-of-the-line technology was used to ensure the chips would fit in the aluminum-coated aerodynamic can. I saw something about, like, the supercomputers they were using to do this. <laughs> like, really went all out. Um, and Bauer was so proud of his work on this design that when he died in 2008, his ashes were buried in a Pringles can. At first, his kids thought he was joking about this. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the joke kept coming up. Uh, And according to the oldest son, they stopped at a pharmacy on the way to the burial. And after a brief argument between his siblings, they settled on the original flavor can (laughs) for their father. They're debating what flavor Uh, shall we bury him in? (laughs) Original. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, While the can is... It's well-loved now, I would say. It's, like you said, it's got kind of a kitsch factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not everyone took to it when it first appeared on the shelves in the 60s. According to the founder of SupermarketGuru.com, Phil Limpert, people resented it. You gave up the fun of eating potato chips, looking for the big ones, the small (laughs) ones, the ones shaped like Elvis. I found that hilarious. People are so wow. funny. Huh. But it is true. There is something kind of fun about, like, I found the perfect huge Dorito chip unbroken. Like, yeah. You, know, you feel like you've uncovered something real special. You do. Hmm. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> Bauer also came up with something he called Cold Snap, by the way, which was a freeze-dried ice cream product that you would just add milk to. However, the Pringles can was a much bigger success. Pringles was a much bigger (laughs) success overall. And this is even though Cold Snap had a future CEO of Microsoft on its board. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the can went on to inspire many more innovations in packaging. There was a really cool timeline of, like, after Pringles tried this wacky experiment, how many other new designs of uh, snack products in particular kind of followed after that. Yeah. Um, But this did take years of innovating. And after that, Pringles hit the shelves in Evansville, Indiana in 1968. Allegedly, the company called them Pringles Newfangled Potato Chips. Love it. I know. That's perfect. And the mascot, Julius Pringle, was there from the beginning. uh, He has, excuse me, he has changed throughout uh, the years. But he's been there generally since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. By the 1970s, Pringles were mostly available throughout the United States, but the flavor was still kind of lacking. The taste wasn't quite there. Uh, It took customers until about the 1980s until they warmed up to Pringles. Was it the commercial with the shirtless Brad Pitt in the 80s that did it? Mm, I do not remember this commercial. (laughs) Oh, you should watch it. It's quite epic. Uh, The fever fever for the Flavor Pringles ad campaign that it was part of. Ah. The revamping of the mascot. One of many that would occur. Mysteries. History. (laughs) But Pringles were there to stay. Now... Where does the name come from? No one seems to know. Uh, Yeah, but legends abound. Uh, One prominent one is that the company wanted the name to begin with a P for potato chip, and they started flipping through (laughs) the address book or the phone book or something until they found an address for Pringle Drive, and they liked the ring of it, and so they went with Pringles. Another story goes that the name comes from New York inventor Mark Pringle, who in 1937 patented a device that helped standardize the slicing and processing of potatoes. He hoped it would allow for a, quote, 
food product in wafer form of such uniformity in size, weight, and shape that can be economically packaged in a very compact manner so as to exclude any appreciable quantity of air, which does sound very much like what Pringles was going for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Procter & Gamble even referenced his work in a patent of their own in 1969. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Another wow. (laughs) Sci-fi author and combat engineer during the Korean War, Gene Wolfe, innovated, quote, a means of frying molded potato shingles before they dropped onto a conveyor belt for Procter & Gamble that is still used to make Pringles to this day. Uh... And the, he he's, like, huge in the sci-fi world. I personally didn't recognize his stuff, but, like, he's a big deal, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, it's not ringing a bell off the top of my head, but, um, but I believe you. Well, thank you. Uh, and you can believe the many other articles that referenced it. Uh, according to Wolf, a German inventor actually came up with this whole idea, and Wolf developed it. It's, it's kind of a funny quote, because he's like, well, I didn't invent it. It was this German guy I don't remember the name of, but I developed it. <laughs> cool. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, perhaps strangely enough, uh, Pringles were not the only pressed potato-based chips on the market uh, when they came out. General Mills actually beat them by a year, premiering their Chippos, new-fashioned potato chips. In 1967. Um, oh, that's a solid name. Too. Right? Chippos? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> New fashioned <laughs> potato chip. <laughs> yeah, these were, um, these were pressed into like a, like a waffle fry kind of design, like a fine waffle design. And um, they did not benefit from the tube. They were sold uh, in sleeves inside boxes. Not sure how long the product lasted on the market. Ah, alas. Mm-hmm. But now... We arrive at the infamous crisp versus chip debate. Yes, and here enters the Potato Chip Institute. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) This is a uh, manufacturer's uh, organization or association, um, which has since become the Snack Food Association. And they filed suit against Procter & Gamble. They were like, only 42% potato! Not enough potato to call yourself a potato chip! Um... They went after Chippos, too. Poor Chippos. I know. Poor, poor Chippos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 1975, after complaints from potato chip manufacturers, the FDA concluded that Pringles could not officially be called, quote, potato chips because they are made of dehydrated potatoes as opposed to thin slices of fried potatoes. Mm. Not enough potato! <laughs> the FDA <laughs> did give them a little bit of wiggle room as long as the company used a type, like a font type, that was no less than half that of the largest type on the label. Oh. They could call them, quote, potato chips made from dried potatoes. But the company was like, nah, we good. Uh, we're going to call them crisp. <laughs> we're going to stick with the crisp. <laughs> And this is not even, I did, I've totally forgot about the whole chips versus crisp linguistic thing. Yeah, so, yeah, because wow. th- this comes back later on because, like I said near the top, uh, crisps is the term for what we call potato chips here in the U.S. and other places. So, yeah. at any rate, um, General Mills did try pressed chips again with uh, the brand Mrs. Bumby's potato chips in the 1970s. Um, this one was a hyperbolic paraboloid. Um, it was sold in this ring-shaped container. It looks sort of like a, sort of like when you when you get those like frozen shrimp cocktails at the supermarket. Ooh, yeah. It sort of looks like that container. That seems so it was like a unwieldy. ring. It was a ring of <laughs> ring of chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, planters also came out with a with a wavy version of of a saddle-shaped chip in a tube sometime. During that decade, I think either the 70s or the 80s, I couldn't track down a whole lot of information about it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. The patent for Pringles was filed in 1976, um, and it listed Alexander Lipa as the inventor. He gets a lot of credit for improving the taste and essentially, I guess, making them more edible. (laughs) Potentially, (laughs) that's why they took off in the 80s. Maybe it wasn't shirtless Brad Pitt. I don't know. Um, (laughs) 
It read, the patent read, quote, a potato chip product and process wherein a dough is prepared from dehydrated cooked potatoes and water and subsequently fried. Beginning in 1995, the company expanded into international markets and also the flavors they offered, oh, they expanded so much in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, things like prawn and blueberry. By the end of the 1990s, Pringles was Procter & Gamble's biggest brand. According to some sources, Pringles was earning an annual $1 billion for Procter & Gamble by this time. Like, I was trying to break that number down. I was like, are they saying the snack market? Like, did did Pringles just up their snack revenue? Like, or is this all Pringles money? All (laughs) Pringles money. Yeah. That's wild. Um... This is also, this decade is when the slogan, once you pop, you just can't stop, entered our pop culture lexicon. And apparently, the 90s TV show Allie McBeal, uh, in it, Allie got in a fight in a grocery store over Pringles. Huh. I never uh, I never really watched the show. I couldn't, can't, can I neither confirm I, nor deny. I didn't either, but I still know about the dancing baby. Don't know about the Pringles, though. Alas, <laughs> uh, we'll have to we'll have to try to find the clip on 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 YouTube or something. Um, uh, in 2004, um, Pringles and several brands teamed up to produce um, this product called Pringles Prints, and these were these Pringles that had printed on them um, like co-branded. Um, sponsored messages or, like, trivia questions. Um, they, they paired up with The Incredibles, uh, Daytona 500, Trivial Pursuit Jr., and Guinness World Records to produce these. Um, through the mediation of this company called Shaky Egg Communications, and their website talks about this, and it is some of the most amazing marketing language I've ever read in my entire existence. I would like to quote it for you. Briefly? Okay. So it says, um, Chips, now media vehicle. With a Pringles Prince program, the brand was able to deliver more than just simple on-pack exposure to their partners, and Stafford exploited this fact on behalf of Pringles. The potato chip became a media vehicle, which can deliver hundreds of millions of impressions in a promotion. (laughs) A media vehicle? That is impressive, astounding, a delight. I I just both love and hate equally deeply <laughs> everything about that. I'm like, wow, I feel like that's something that I could have very easily said in a meeting at some point in my life. A media vehicle. Was it you who wrote that, Lauren? <laughs> Admit it. Come clean. <laughs> Oh, alas, alack, it was not. Um. (laughs) I can't believe, okay, this is like, I know I talk about I still know what you did last summer, (laughs) and it's really weird, but I think about it quite often. Okay, And Yeah, there's a scene where Jennifer Love Hewitt is singing karaoke, and the karaoke machine, she's singing I Will Survive, and then Uh the lyrics change to like, I'm going to kill you. What if you open your media vehicle ship? (laughs) And you get this murderous message. <laughs> Why didn't they make a movie about that? That would have been a real media vehicle. Wow. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're we're really going to have to set a horror movie, like, in 2004. Specifically. Yes. And, and, like, go back and and have this be a plot point. Oh, I would love that so much. I love movies. Like, I just watched You've Got Mail recently. I love movies that have, like, only one time they could have existed. Yeah, and that's yeah, it. just the one. Just that one. Uh-huh. And if you weren't around during that time, like, the jokes are going over your it's head, you might still enjoy it. confounding, yeah. But it's it's not making any sense to you. I do love that type of movie, so uh, I'm in. Okay, all right, cool. We'll, we'll start working on it. Um... <laughs> Oh, heck. Um, uh, Also, okay, so um, as we've talked about in previous snack episodes, there is, like, a lot of research into making snack foods craveable. Um, You can see the Cheetos episode for, like, a lot more on that. But basically, manufacturers are looking to, to build a snack that's, like, interesting enough 
to to crave that you want more of it, but not so interesting that your brain like gets tired and wants you to stop eating it. So you're you're looking for like a good burst of quick fading flavor, a satisfying crunch, and a quick melt after chewing that makes you feel like you haven't eaten that much. You should definitely eat more. Um, <laughs> sounds like a dating profile for a snack. <laughs> I'm going to be interesting, but not too Not interesting. too interesting. <laughs> Don't be intimidating. <laughs> yeah. yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, all right. About that crunch, though. Um, in 2005, a couple of psychology researchers uh, by the names of Charles Spence and Massimiliano um, Zampini published this paper called The Role of Auditory Cues in Modulating the Perceived Crispness and Staleness of Potato Chips. All right. They published this okay. in the Journal of Sensory Studies. And in the study, they, they sat study participants in front of microphones with peringles to eat and headphones to wear. And then as they fed the sound of, of, the, of the crunching of the participants eating these chips, as they fed that sound from the mic through a computer back into the participants' headphones, they mucked around with it a little bit. So they found that when the sounds were modified so, so that the, the high-frequency parts were amped up, um, or when the sounds in general were just louder, the participants rated the, the the flavor of the chips being crisper and fresher. Wow. <laughs> Wild. So cool. Our brains yeah. are mush. I love it. We can't <laughs> trust anything that we sense. <laughs> A good crunch is very important. Oh, it is. Apparently, it is. Um, mm-hmm. They won They won the uh, 2008 Ig Nobel Prize in nutrition for that work, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, but we must return because the crisp versus chip debate raged on. <sighs> yes. The British Court of Appeal decided in 2009 that Pringles qualified as potato crisp, which put them in the same category as potato chips, and subject them to the same taxes. Procter & Gamble tried to argue about the level of, quote, potato-ness in their product, but a judge on the case decreed that there was, quote, more than enough potato content for it to be a reasonable view that it is made from potato. (laughs) This was not good news for Procter & Gamble. Um, The ruling meant they owed $160 million in back taxes and an annual $31 million in the following years. Yes, It is true. Pringles was trying to evade taxes by arguing that their chips are not all that (laughs) potato-y. In the UK, potato chips are categorized as a luxury food and are taxed as such, but snacks are categorized as a necessity and thus are not taxed. So Mm. this is why Pringles was like, no, 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 we're just a snack. And the UK was like, nah, you're a potato chip. That's right. Or crisp, perhaps. (laughs) Well, yeah. It is a chip. (laughs) See? <laughs> um, in 2011, Procter & Gamble sold Pringles to Diamond Foods, but the deal ultimately fell through. So in 2012, Kellogg's purchased Pringles from P&G. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this. Oh, this, yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. okay. Technological marvels continue. <laughs> in 2014, Pringles debuted a video gaming headset device that fed people chips, and it is called the Hunger Hammer. Hunger Hammer. The Hunger Hammer. Hunger Hammer. Okay. Let me describe it for you. I know. Please do, because I haven't looked it up, and I'm depending on you for for an explanation. I'm ready. Okay. Imagine you're you're sitting and you're, you're deep in your game, and you just don't have time to pause it or look away. You've got a huge headset, one of those big ones that cover your ears and block sure. out all the sound. You've got the mouthpiece so you can talk to people. And then on the side, you have a sleek 3D printer printed holder <laughs> for a mini tube of Pringles, which you set the tube of Pringles in, and a little robot arm lifts the Pringle and brings it to your mouth. <laughs> wow. Yes. The future is now. The future is now. Oh. The Hunger Hammer. The Hunger Hammer. 
Mm. I, you know, you can't, you can't, you've got, you've got two joysticks for a reason. You can't take one hand <laughs> away to put a hand into the Pringles can. What if you get your hand stuck? Oh my heck. Oh. Yeah. Dangers abound. Yeah. You can lose the, the game and no one wants that. No. You know, the thing is though, I, I think I've told this story on here before. I had that Cabbage Patch doll that ate things. Oh. And yeah. I had to recall it because it would like eat your hair and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I just worry that the the robot arm, I don't know, malfunctions. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. <laughs> but I did really appreciate learning more about the hunger hammer. Yeah. If anyone has one. Oh. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> oh. Please send video. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. or just yeah, just tell us about your experience. Either way, either way. Yes. Um uh well. Everything else seems seems boring after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in 2019, uh, Pringles Wavy debuted. It's a, it's a wavy chip. It's Pringles with waves in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, before that, back in 2017, uh, the UK Recycling Association named the Pringles can one of the two worst recycling nightmares in existence due to all of those different materials that it uses. Um, in response, as of uh, September of 2020, Kellogg's started releasing versions of a um, 90-ish percent paper can uh, with, a, with a plastic interior instead of foil, lids made of recyclable uh, plastic or paper. Uh, we, have, we have yet to see how they, how they test out. Yes, yes. We shall see. We shall. Um, earlier in 2020, uh, Pringles teamed up with Rick and Morty to run a commercial during the Super Bowl. Um, it focuses on their uh, campaign encouraging consumers to stack multiple flavors of Pringles to create their own unique oh. Pringles flavor experience. Yeah, yeah. There's... I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole it's a whole marketing campaign for sure. Um, the, the the video is real cute. I I I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, in it, definitely, Rick is like, oh, we're trapped in a Pringles commercial. I'm like, oh, this is very Rick and Morty. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder how many products, because I feel like a lot of the most recent uh, specific branded products we've talked about do have sort of a an aspect of children playing with them. Like if you think of uh, huh, yeah. like Pringles, you could make the duck lips and then uh, <laughs> what were those called? Bugles. Put them on your fingers, pretend you were a witch. <laughs> like was that accidental or was somebody thinking of this? Oh. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. I do wonder. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Uh, and yeah, the, uh, the, the logo, the, the, the Mr. P face updated at the uh, beginning of 2021. Yep. John Oliver. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I went just on a very brief Google um, during a few parts that were your parts, Annie, to find some of these magical other flavors of Pringles. Mm-hmm. Can we can we close out with a list? Yes, let's do. It. <sighs> okay. Um, and this is by far not not all of them that are out there. Uh, this is only no. what like twenty. Okay, cheeseburger, pecan pie, pumpkin pie spice, white chocolate peppermint, hot and spicy wonton, Las Vegas spare ribs, smoked salami, Philly cheesesteak, of course paprika and ketchup. I don't know why I said of course about paprika. I'm not sure if that's but ketchup. <laughs> sure, ketchup is an of course. Yes. Um. This one, I think, is probably a poor translation, um, or at least an interesting translation. Old American Circus Funky Mustard. Wow. I want to know everything about that. Yep. Um, (laughs) Mozzarella sticks and marinara. Bacon Caesar salad. Los Angeles Street Barbecue Chicken. um, Mayo potato. Lemon sesame. Curry. Satay. And soft shell crab. Shell crab. Hmm. I've got to know more about the Las Vegas spare ribs. I, <laughs> something about that not processing in my brain. <laughs> I think I think the idea. I think it's meaning to evoke like like the buffets of Las Vegas. Sure, 
But when I think of the buffets in Las Vegas, maybe I'm coming from a limited experience. It's not the ribs. <laughs> the ribs are not what come to mind. Yeah. Huh. I don't, I've never been. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, this has been a real roller coaster. <laughs> a fun one, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um we we do have we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day, but let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian. Premium cocktails on demand. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the summer sunsets on summer savings and we're back thank you sponsor yes thank you and we're back with listener (gasps) crunch (laughs) oh i was doing a pop oh it's a crunch and pop yeah based on the hand gesture i wasn't i wasn't sure yeah, I was. Yeah, it could have been either or. It could have been either or. Honestly, I was still during the commercial break. I was still distracted from the uh, images of tubes. Lauren was showing me Pringles tubes. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I was sharing some of these. Anyway, I. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We just Annie has more questions about the Las yes. Vegas spare ribs. Um. I have many questions now. I have many, many, many questions and no answers, but. That sounds about right. <laughs> <sighs> Alicia wrote, 
I was listening to the Cornbread episode the other day and heard y'all discussing how you want to look into doing an episode on the industrialization of corn. And boy, do I have some research material for you. In my research into food culture, I came across the show The Chef's Table. One of the chefs discussed was Dan Barber, who is a farm-to-table pioneer that did a lot of work with the Cornell Cooperative Program. He wrote a book called The Third Plate. In this book, he divides his discussion on food into different sections. The introduction at the section, entitled Soil, discusses a little bit of the history of the industrialization of corn and how it led to the Dust Bowl. Oh, no. Oh. I never really thought about the connection huh. there, but industrialized corn— Production alters soil composition by taking much of the nutrients out while also having a shallow root system. That makes it pretty easy for the wind and the plains to blow around all the used-up soil. How cool and tragic. Wow. Oh, no. I didn't even know about that connection when I suggested that it would be a terrifying episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. There's a lot of things with corn that we're going to have to grapple with. Ooh. Yay! But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Cool and very, very tragic. <laughs> very tragic. All right, all right. Reading re- reading homework, though. That's that's great. Thank you. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, Sam wrote, I'm catching up on the backlog of pods I didn't listen to in December because I went on staycation, and today I listened to the Olive episode. When you read the listener mail, my ears pricked at Hannah's mention of a lemon bush that grew enormous fruit. I immediately recognized that she was talking about a ponderosa lemon. Um, they included uh, the the botanical name. I'm not going to try to read it. Uh, my <laughs> grandmother had one. She grew in a huge pot so she could move it into the greenhouse in winter. Ponderosas are a cross of pomelo and citron, uh, no actual lemon genes in them, and will grow into an actual tree, though they are slow-growing. The fruits are truly ponderous, measuring six to eight inches in diameter and weighing two to four pounds each. They have a thick citron-like rind, and the fruit is both seedy and juicy. Uh, The juice can be readily subbed for true lemon juice without any change in taste. Huh. Four pounds? Four pounds. Ponderosa. Wow. Love it. I love this. We've got another entry in the, the mysterious, <laughs> mysterious <huge> lemon. <laughs> yes, the prodigious lemon, the prodigious citrus. <laughs> this could be a, a mystery novel series. It really could. It absolutely. I, you know, the the, the more we learn about it, the, the more I'm convinced know. that, <laughs> that, yes, there needs to be a series of novels about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, get on it, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks so much for both of these listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Bacon and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. 
Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality, high quality and immersive sound, a sleek design. All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros.